Hey, welcome to the Revo Church Podcast. We are so glad you decided to join us today, wherever you are. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's message. Man, super excited about today um, as we continue um, a series that we had started last week that God never said that. Come on, God never said that. How many of y'all know that we go through life at times and we hear these sayings where it says, well, God said, or the Bible said this, but the reality is, is God never said any of it. You know, if you weren't here with us last week, I kind of want to give you a little recap from last week. Last week was a little preview that we talked about that God never said forgive and forget. He never put those two things together. God did say forgive. And he did say that this would be the thing that we need to do the most in first and foremost, but he never said forget. How many of you know that it's sometimes it's hard when someone offends you, uh, it's hard to forgive, but it's even harder to forget to let those things go. And so we talked about how we need to come with a posture of surrenderance and we need to begin to release those individuals or an individual, it may be last week, Listen, it may be 50 years, 20 years, 30 years ago, but we've been carrying that. And so we need to release that to God. Well, today, if you're taking notes, I wanted to kind of debunk uh, this false theological belief that God will never give you more than you can handle. Have you ever heard that before? Come on, God never said, I won't give you more than you can handle. He never said that. Listen, anybody that says that, obviously they don't have kids. Hello, you know what I'm saying? Come on, he never said that. I've heard it said uh, time and time again. And here is where we get this false idea from. In the Bible, people will pull out this passage, they'll read this passage, and they get this false idea that he will never give you more than he can handle. But it comes from this passage in 1 Corinthians 10. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. When you hear somebody say, the Bible says that he'll never give you more than he can handle, they're actually quote misquoting this scripture. The Bible does say that he will never lead us into temptation that he doesn't give us a way out of. And so he never said he won't give us more than you can handle. I think it's pretty awesome that uh, the scripture actually teaches us this wonderful principle that with every temptation and every testing that comes our way, God will provide a way out. Aren't you glad that he provides us a way out? But here's the reality. (laughs) We don't always take it because I'm feeling tempted. I'm going to hang out right here. He always gives us a way out. Charles, what do you mean? Well, you know, sometimes when you're talking to somebody that you're not supposed to be talking to, your way out is turning off the computer. Your way out is the car. Your way out is the door. He will always give you a way out. Our problem a lot of times is we love the feel and we love the energy and we love the, uh, the, um, the, um, that word I can't think of right now. Uh, we, we love to be able to be caught up in it. So we don't take the way out. But God will always give us a way out. 
See, what it's not saying is that you can handle life on your own. Because most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, most of us in this room, we have a lot more than we can handle. We're, we're walking through life and we have a lot that we can't handle. We get overwhelmed from time to time. But here's, here's the, the, the truth about it is the Bible is very clear about being overwhelmed. Psalm 61, it says this, it says, from the ends of the earth, I cried to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Psalms 142 says, when I'm overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. See, overwhelmed, what overwhelmed means, it means to be upside down and submerged. It's almost like someone has buried you and they have put something on top of you to where you can't get out. It is this weight that you're carrying. It's this weight that is on top of you. And a lot of times life feels this way. Come on, can you agree to that? That sometimes we are walking through life, a lot of us in this room today are walking through this life where we feel buried and we feel like something has been placed on top of us. It feels like we're being overpowered emotionally. And when we get overwhelmed with life, and it's more than we can handle, our tendency is to try and handle it by ourselves. You know, I think I can speak to every man in this room when it comes to this in particular situation. I don't know what it is. I don't know why we do this. But for whatever reason, every man in this room, I think can agree to the fact that when your wife shows up or maybe you show up at the house with a trunk load or a van load, or a truck load full of groceries. I don't know what it is about a man, but we go to the groceries and we think to ourselves, okay, I gotta get this inside, but we think to ourselves, I'm gonna get it in one trip. Come on. How many men are out there like, man, this is me all day? We, we, I, I don't know what it is, but we, we, we go to the van, we go to the car, we look at all of these different things and we say, okay, okay, I've got a plan, we know we know that we got to get the groceries inside. Your wife is like, uh, baby, why don't you just take a couple of trips? Oh, no, 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 no. Your boy's got this. I've got this. It's going to be a slow trip. Come on, I might have, uh, you know, cut off all blood circulation to my arms. We may have squished and ruined several things in produce or crushed a couple of eggs along the way. But listen, I'm a man and I'm getting it in one trip. So what do we do? Come on, men. You go to that truck, you go to that van, you go to that trunk, and we begin to analyze the situation here. Okay, I've got it figured out. I've kind of put this puzzle piece together. I've got all the heavy things because we have to start with the heavy things first, right? Because they got to ride on the biceps. I got, I got the heavy things first. I got 21 bags in my right hand. I got 17 in my left because I'm right-handed. But what we do is we figure it out and we say, okay, let's make this happen. And we begin to weave our hand. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You begin to weave your hand up in these grocery bags making it work oh man i've got it good on this one. Oh man we gotta add some more room right there i've got a couple i've got a wrist left oh that one was heavy uh then we we come back with this one we make that right arm coming through the bags oh it's it's, it's just i think the grocery store sets us up for this because they put little holsters in here and here we are come on man you know what i'm talking about this left one's really heavy <laughs> i don't know what they put in there but this is what we look like. 
Come on, and, and a lot of times it's actually more bags than this. You know what I mean? You might throw one around your neck if you have to. I'm getting it in one trip. I'm not taking two trips, not taking three trips. No, 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 no. This is happening today, right now. And here we are walking through the house. We're going through the garage. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times that garage door is locked. <clears throat> Baby, open the door. Got struggling out here. Got to get these bags in one trip. So here we are. We're walking through. But listen, here's the reality is this is what it looks like when we're carrying around our lives. The reality is, is we begin to carry around our lives like this and we say to ourselves, oh man, I've got to carry this stuff. God, you'll never give me too much that I can't handle. So what I have to do is I have to handle it all. And we're walking around life and we're carrying things. We're carrying our life. We're carrying our kids. We're carrying our work. We're carrying our health. We're carrying technology. We're carrying the dentist appointments, the doctor's office. We're carrying around the sports. We're going around and we're carrying our marriages. We're carrying the weight of our lives. And here it is, and this is what it looks like as we begin to walk through life trying to carry everything trying to carry it all. And as we get to the place to where we're finally at the end of our ropes, sometimes we get tangled up in our carrying. You know what I mean? Sometimes we can't get it off of us. But we find ourselves walking around through life and we're carrying all of this stuff. But God never asked us to carry it. We're trying to handle the burdens of life. We're trying to handle the frustrations. We're trying to handle the difficulties. We're trying to handle all of this stuff. But here is as we're carrying this stuff, what eventually happens is it actually begins to wear us out. I don't know about you, but carrying life around sometimes is very tiring. You get sore, you get tired, you get frustrated, you get angry. You, you're just trying to carry this weight around you and we begin to get worn out. Listen, we are all tempted to carry the burden ourselves, but we were not designed to carry the burden of life by ourselves. The strongest isn't strong enough. The smartest isn't smart enough. The most disciplined aren't disciplined enough. We are always in need of God's grace and help. Why? Because our confidence is not in our independence, but in our dependence. Our confidence does not come from our independence. Actually, our confidence comes from our dependence, our dependence on God, our dependence on our Savior, our dependence on the one who can help carry the burdens of life. See, we can have confidence when we are desperate for God to handle it. Charles Spurgeon says it like this. It says, when we come to the end of self, we come to the beginning of Christ. God, I've got, I, I've got nothing left to give. 
I've tried to carry this world by myself. I've tried to carry it all along. I'm not really sure, but I have come to the end of myself. But it's only that when we come to the end of ourself, it's actually when we come to the beginning of Christ. You know, the apostle Paul, whenever he was going out and he was speaking the gospel and he was healing the sick and he was doing all of these miracles, the apostle Paul had this amazing opportunity to be able to see Jesus work at his best. He, he, he wanted to go around and he wanted to tell the world like, man, you've, you've got to know this God that I serve. You, you've got to know who this man is. And, and miracle after miracle after miracle was actually happening. But in 2 Corinthians, we read what begins to happen to Paul. 2 Corinthians 12, it says this. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited. Oh, I love that word. How many of you know that when God is on your side, a lot of times and when things begin to go good in your life, you can begin to forget about God and you can begin to focus on yourself thinking, oh, this is my doing. This is my happening. I started this. I created this. I had this be able to start happening. We can begin to take our focus off of Jesus and begin to put our focus on ourselves. But we're reading in 2 Corinthians, therefore, this is what Paul is saying, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take this from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in my weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, pain is often self-induced by our own choices. A lot of times when we go through life, pain is often induced by our choices. It's often a result of the fallen nature that we read about in the Bible about Adam and Eve. It's bad choices. And and so this, this fallen nature, or maybe it's just bad luck. But what we read in this passage is pain is actually given to Paul to help him keep his gaze on Jesus. It's not always bad luck. It's not always a bad choice. It's not always just the natural, just way of life. No, sometimes God will put something in your path to help you and remind you that he is the only one. God, I, I can't go on without this. I can't deal with this. I, 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 don't, I don't know. And so it, a lot of times it is meant to turn our attention on Jesus. Charles, are you telling me I'm sick because of Jesus? Are you telling me I'm going through financial issues because of Jesus? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is a lot of times when we go through hardships and heartache and pain, it is so that we can put our gaze on Jesus and put our trust in him. And I know that's hard for us to understand. That's hard for us to understand. Well, why would God do something like that? Why would he make me suffer? 
Why would he do those things? Listen, I'm not God, so I can't answer that question. But all I'm saying is that a lot of times if we can take our focus off of the problem and and stop worrying about why did God do this to me and begin to say, God, thank you for giving me what you've given me. Our focus begins to shift from our pain and our problem to go back to Jesus, which is where it needs to be. And we're reading this passage about Paul, where he was given some pain by God. You know, some scholars believe that it was an actual thorn. Some scholars actually believe that it was a person following behind him, tormenting him. But a lot of people, a lot of scholars actually think that it was the, that it had something to do with his eyesight following the Damascus Road experience. If you're not familiar with that, Paul, whose name was Saul in the beginning, he was a Christian killer. He actually murdered believers. If they followed Christ, he literally would murder them and kill them. And Saul, at the time, he's walking down the Damascus Road and he has this encounter with Jesus and he was blinded until God gave him his sight back and changed his name from Saul to Paul. That's what we're talking about. We don't know what it is. We don't know what this thorn in the flesh actually really is. We just know it brought Paul to the end of himself and forced him to rely on God daily. See, we're not designed to carry life by ourselves. And I think today is a good reminder that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be able to handle our lives all by ourselves. Because the more we rely on God, and not ourselves, the more we begin to trust in Him, the better off we're gonna be. The more we take the focus off of ourselves and the more we put our focus on Him, the better we'll be. But here's the problem, some of us trusted ourselves way too much. We, we, we trust in ourselves way too much. We trust in our own discipline. We trust in our own wisdom. We trust in our own decisions. We trust in our own intellect. And listen, that can be extremely exhausting. It can be extremely exhausting. Sometimes we have to begin to trust in Jesus. So how do we handle that? How can you begin to walk through life and handle more than, or or, or, uh, you can handle more than you can carry? The first thing is this, is that you have to remember your weakness. You have to remember your weakness. I think a lot of times we begin to think, oh, this strength is going to last me forever. But can I tell you that strength is temporary? Come on, if you're getting older, you know what I'm talking about. The older we get, the the less we begin to lose our strength. The older we get, the less we can see. The older we get, the less we can hear. Strength is temporary. You know, I remember seeing my dad. My dad passed away in 2010 and my, my father Um, If you don't know anything about him, he had me at 56 years old. Come on. That dude was strong at 56. (laughs) 56 years old. He had me. I remember going around and thinking to myself, man, gosh, this is embarrassing. It's sad to say it now, but when I was a kid, people would be like, oh, your grandpa came to your game. I'm like, yeah, he came. (laughs) I didn't even tell him. He came, he's watching me, old man over there with the cane. But I remember watching my dad. My dad fought in World War II. He was old. If he was alive today, he'd be 99 or 100 years old. He fought in World War II. 
He was actually a competitive boxer. He, bought, he, he boxed uh, in a lightweight division he, as a competitive boxer. He was very active, very high energy, very high strung, probably where I get it from, but, but he, he was always on the move, always on the go. And as my dad, in his years of passing, I remember looking at my father and just thinking like, man, this is hard to watch. A man who was so energetic, even at an older age, the last five years of his life, he literally started to deteriorate. He, he couldn't get up and walk. We had to have people help him take baths and showers and all of these different things. This man who I looked up to was now this feeble man who couldn't do anything on his own. He was getting weak. His strength was deteriorating. And I remember watching him thinking to myself, man, this is hard for me to see. But it was a reminder that natural strength is strong for only a season. Natural strength is strong for a season. We can carry the weight of this world for only a season. I remember this, this older gentleman, he's kind of a mentor to me here in Ocala. He's 72, 73 years old. And I was sitting down with him at breakfast one day and, and I, I work another job, so I have another job outside of this church. And so I'm always doing something. And he sat me down at the table and he said, son, look at me. You, come on, you know when an older man says, son or boy, look at me. You know, you know, it's like, oh, shoot, okay. He says, son, look at me. He said, you better slow down. He said, you got all the energy in the world. You can go, 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 go. You better slow down. And I'm gonna tell you why. It says, your body may be able to handle it for a while, but your mind won't. You can carry all of this weight. You can carry all of this stuff all day long. You can run, 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 run like a thoroughbred. But sooner or later, the more you carry, the more you go, the faster pace you are, you're going to begin to deteriorate, not only just in your body, but your mind is going to start missing it. You're going to start forgetting things. You're not going to have vision for your life. You're going to not have vision for your family. You're not going to have vision for the church. And can I tell you probably a month and a half or two months later after this guy tells me that, because I didn't listen. Up late at night, go, 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 go. About two months later, a month and a half, two months later, man, I find myself cracking and I shared it with you in church. Just kind of found myself just, man, I'm just off. I'm not doing so good upstairs. I'm just kind of cracking mentally. And I started to kind of pinpoint back to our conversation at the breakfast table. And the old man said, hey, if you don't slow down, your mind is not going to be able to keep up. I thought, wow, that's a, that's a pretty amazing thing. But here we are, just, I got to carry it. I got to carry this. I got to carry this. I got to carry this. Listen, your natural strength is only strong for a season. Can I add to that? Your mental capacity is only strong for a season. You can carry all day long, but sooner or later you are going to crack. And that is why we find ourselves depleted. We find ourselves depressed. We find ourselves walking in anxiety. We find ourselves just focusing on, man, why am I not able to get out of this slump and out of this hole? It is because you are worn out. You've been leading on empty. Leading your family, leading yourself, leading your business. Why is my business not flourishing like it used to? When is the last time you sat down and had vision for your business? 
When is the last time you worked on your business instead of in your business? When is the last time you worked on your marriage instead of in your marriage? When is the last time you worked on yourself instead of through yourself? Oh, I got to carry everybody else. Got to help everybody else. Now, when's the last time you worked on you? It's weak. And it's a season that you'll go through. We can muscle our way through a lot, but it has its limits. The second thing is this is that we have to rely on God's grace. We have to rely on God's grace. Remember your weakness and rely on God's grace. Here's a funny fact that did you know that ants can lift 50 times their own weight? 50 times their own weight. Did you know that a rhinoceros beetle can lift a hundred times its own weight? That's pretty strong. That's that's like saying this. That would be like an average-sized human lifting nine tons. Could you picture me right now with nine tons? What? Listen, we can't carry the weight of life. We We need God's grace. Some of you have heard this story before. Some of you haven't, so this is a new one for you, but... I remember um, years ago when my friends, um, you know, I was, I was like, you know, 105 soaking wet and that was with layers of clothes on. I mean, just like a string, like bold noodle, just out here, you know, just ain't got a whole lot going on. Sexy, but just ain't had a whole lot going on. <laughs> so here I am, these friends of mine, man, they, they, were, they were all getting buff. Like, like they were getting swole. Like I'm like, yo, you got muscles and I got nothing. Like they were just swole, just just fit, man. They had it going on, and I and I and I asked them. I said, "Man, what have y'all been doing?" I said, "Man, we hit the gym. We started working out." And I'm like, "Oh, I want to do that." Like y'all are getting big. I hadn't seen them in like months, and they're like just, just like they had like you know, it's like like curvage. Like, yo, it's like a straight line out here, you know. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm gonna start working out. I'm going to start working out. So I went to Academy Sports and I went and bought all the gear. Listen, I didn't know the first thing about working out, but at least I was going to look good. I go to Academy Sports. I get the headband, man. I get the tube socks. I got the weight belt. I got the gloves. I even had some goggles because I really didn't know what to expect. You know, like weight pounce off and hit me in the eyeball or something. Just I was ready to go. I get up, I get up at the YMCA. I never forget it. I, hey, I got a membership. Boom, I got the membership. I come in, I got my gym bag. I got like short shorts, you know what I'm saying? I got the tube socks happening. I got the, the, the thing on my head going on. I had the gloves in my bag, the weight belt in my bag. I looked like I was ready to go. If you looked at me, you'd be like, that dude is a moron. Couldn't fool me though, I was ready. I go up into that gym, I give them my card, I head back, and first time I ever been in the weight room, first time I ever been in the gym, period. I go past all the cardio, you know, the, the bikes, and, and it's just like the running, the treadmills, man, it's just shh, 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 shh. I was like, that looks boring, I don't like running, I'm gonna pass that one. So I go on about, I go on about my business, and I go to the back where the weights were. I wanted to hear the clinging. So I go to the weights, man, and I hear people just grunting, just like, yeah, yeah, give me one, give me one. Who's your daddy? Who's, I'm like, where am I? Felt like I was back in the pen, you know what I mean? 
Who's your daddy? Not you. So I get there. And this true story. I get there on the weight bench and I don't even add up. I'm not even looking at the numbers. I'm just thinking, all right, I see what they got. So I got the big one, the medium one, the small one. Couldn't tell you what that is today. But anyway, I got them. I put them on the bar. So I walk around the bench, I just say, yeah, yeah, who's your daddy, who's your daddy? And I get on the bench and I lay down on this bench, I kid you not. I get on that bench, just like, okay. It's just one, two, three, up, down, up, and I'm gonna rack it. Okay, let me see how strong I am. I go, one, two, I lift that thing up and as fast as I got it up, wham! I mean, it slams me to the bench. Oh, Lord Jesus. Listen, true story. I tried to roll this thing off of me. I couldn't roll it. I tried to do a sit-up. I couldn't sit up. I was pinned to the bench. It had me on lock. And I was embarrassed. So I didn't want to ask for help. So I'm sitting here thinking like, I got to get up. I got to get up. And I can't get up, I'm pinned to this bench. And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm stuck, help, help! Oh, man! I look over my head and I see this individual walking up like this, like, yes, finally some help. She looks over me. <laughs> She looked over me and said, you need some help? I'm like, help! She takes the bar with one hand, picks it up and racks it. I get off the bench and I'm like, thank you, daddy, and I leave. <laughs> See ya. I've never been back to a gym since. <laughs> Listen, I tell you that story because that is what life does to us. It will slam on you. It will pin you down. It will hurt. It will be embarrassing. It will be hard to cry out for help. It will be hard to receive help. It will be something that when you get out of that situation, you want to walk away and never return because of the embarrassment. Life has this thing that it can do to a human being and an individual where it will totally eradicate everything that God wants for you. It puts pressure on you. And God never intended you to handle life on your own. That is why we constantly are saying here at church, hey, come and hang out. Come to the new here night. Come and be a part of the team. Come and be a part of a crew. Come and go bowling with us. Come and do these things with us. Why? Because we have a tendency to leave church or leave work and we shut the door to our life closing off the outside of any individual that can begin to speak life over you. Here we are, just trying to carry it all. No, 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 I got it. 
I got, I got the marriage. I got the death in the family. I got, I've got the sickness. I got the kids. No, 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 no. I got it all. Do you need some help? No, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I'm pinned down, but I'm good. And we don't give it to God. We don't give it to other people. And we wonder why we're so worn out. Second Corinthians says this. It says, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves. Can you underline that, highlight that, do whatever it is if you're taking notes? We stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. Listen, we are saved by grace, but we are also sustained by grace. It's God's grace that saves you from sin, but it's also God's grace that saves you from, guess what, yourself. He saves you from yourself. Psalm 73, whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So what do we need to do? Remember our weakness. We need to rely on God's grace. And the third thing that the band can come on back up is that you have to receive God's power. You got to receive God's power. I got this, God. I, I, I got this. I got this. I, I, I got this, God. I got this, God. Are you sure? I got it. I got it. I got it. I can do this all by myself, God. Are you sure? I got it. God, I don't know how many times I got to tell you. I've got it. Till we don't. How much better is it to ask for help before you need it? But how many of us in this room could honestly say that we're embarrassed to ask for help before we need it? Charles, I'm struggling. Struggling in my marriage. Charles, I'm struggling mentally. Charles, I'm, str I'm struggling physically. Charles, I'm struggling in my job. Charles, I'm, I'm struggling with this addiction. Charles, I'm just struggling. How easy would it be on the front end instead of saying, hey, Charles, I messed up. I, I went a little too far. Stayed a little too long. Now, instead of helping you through it, now we have to cover it. We have to ask God to restore it. We have to ask God to heal it. It's so much easier to, re to re uh, rely on God's power in the beginning than it is in the end. 2 Corinthians 12 says this. It says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in my weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Listen, if you remember your weakness and rely on God's grace, God will put strength into you. Because when you are overpowered, let, in, let God empower you. He will give you the power to overcome temptation. 
It will give you the power to handle your job. It will give you the power to stay committed to your marriage. It will give you the power to trust him. It will give you the power to make the right decisions. Come on, every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for who you are. Lord, I pray right now over every single person in this room, Lord, that they would begin to put their trust in you. Not try to carry the weight by themselves, not try to carry the weight on their own, but Lord, that they would genuinely release that to you. The life things that they're carrying, the heartaches, the frustration, the pain, all the things that they're carrying. Lord, let today be a day where they begin to release it to you. Every head bowed. I want to ask this question. If you're in here today and you say, you know what, Charles, can you pray for me? Because I've been carrying some things that I shouldn't be carrying. I've been trying to carry this life, try to carry this weight. And God, I, 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 Charles, I know that I don't need to be carrying it. Can you pray for me so that I can a- be able to release it? If that's you, just slip up a hand real quick. Hands up everywhere. Father, over every hand that was lifted, I pray over their life. I pray over their minds. Lord, we were not meant to carry things. We were meant to communicate to you. We were meant to to communicate to our, our people around us, our community around us, our church. We were meant to communicate and ask for help. So today I pray that people would begin to release it. Lord, let them have conversations with their spouses. Let them have conversations with the people that they can trust so that they can release those things to you, God. Father, we thank you. Maybe you're in here this morning and you say, you know what, Charles? I, uh, I have a hard time releasing those things because I've never really fully put my trust in Jesus. And if you're in here this morning and you say, you know what, I, I need to put my hope, I need to put my trust, I need to put everything that I have, I need to put it in Jesus. If that's you and you say, man, I'm ready to put my trust in him today. Go ahead and slip up a hand. I just wanna pray with you. Awesome, one, two, three, four, five, six. Father, every hand that was lifted, I pray right now that they would put their trust in you. 100% trust. It's too easy for us to walk around trusting in ourselves and our own abilities, our own decisions, our own actions. But Lord, today, we put our hope and our trust in you. It's only in you, Lord. Father, we thank you. We worship you. And we know that this will be our best week ever. Come on, if it's our best week spiritually. And everybody said, amen, amen. Why don't we give God some praise in here this morning? Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. If you've made a decision today to follow Jesus for either the first time or the hundredth time, shoot us an email at info at RevoChurchFL with the subject line, I've decided. And let us know where you're listening from because we want to celebrate with you. Check us out on our socials at Revo Church FL to stay plugged in with what's happening within our community. And we believe it's going to be your best day ever if it's your best day spiritually.